0: as I said, um, uh, over the last couple of weeks, and certainly today, Erev Tishabov B'Av, um, it, it is uh, always wonderful when Rabbi Yudin is in Israel and addresses us about the Torah portion from Israel. always makes it extra special. You can imagine now Erev of B'Av, how much more so. Uh, with that in mind, uh, this time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomre Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Udin. Good morning, Nachum, for you, and good Shabbos, everybody. Here in Israel, I can only tell you that all the eateries are closed. They're closed E Shabbat. They're closed until mid the day on Yoan on Tish the nation mourns, and you can feel Tish'Abav in the air, in the sense that the friendliness, which is usually there, it's beginning to diminish as we go into this coming Shabbat. Now. Let's talk first about the many different halachos, given especially this year that Tish Ab is on a Shabbos, and the fast is Nidcheh, is pushed off to a Sunday. Let me just begin by saying this is Parshas Devarim. I hope to come back to it. There are but two uh, mitzvos. In Parshas Devorim, they are two restrictions related to the Judges. Interesting, you'll contrast this week to Please God next week of Parshas for uh, eshanan and Shabbos Nachamu, where the Aseris Adibros and so many positive mitzvot, Tefillin, Shema, Mezuzah, wow, um, all found in next week's Parsha. The Torah itself is mourning with us. Let's begin by number one, the difference between this year and other years. So, tomorrow is Tish B'Av, the ninth day of Av. You fast on Sunday because we don't fast on Shabbos. Having said that, do the laws of Erev Tish on a regular year apply to tomorrow? And the answer is no. What does that mean? It means that on a regular year, Erev Tisha in the afternoon, so there's a question about, the Shulchan Ar says we are not to study Torah, and the reason for that, explains the Chassam Sofer, is what you learn during the day is going to be with you in the evening as well. and. Again, many say that this does not apply tomorrow. Those that are concerned about it, so in the afternoon, study those things related to tish B'Av. But if you study other parts of Torah, there are um, sources to rely upon. And the main thing is that this is going into tish B'Av should be a meaningful one. And therefore, the study of Torah is appropriate. Now. There is no su'udah hamavsekes this year. You want to have a hard-boiled egg for Shalashudas because you enjoy a hard-boiled egg. That's something else. But you're not eating the hard-boiled egg tomorrow afternoon for Shalashudas because you are going into Tish B'Av. That would be wrong. You're eating Shalashudahs, and the Shulchan Aruch says that if a person wanted to, they could have meat, and wine tomorrow afternoon for shalosh su'udos. If you want to finish the lefto- leftover chant and you have a way of keeping it, you know, warm and fresh, etc., not taking it off the fire, go right ahead. I'm not necessarily recommending it, but it's important to know that you can do that tomorrow afternoon. There is no sitting low tomorrow afternoon. There is no eating of bread and ash. None of that apply tomorrow afternoon. There is no Suda masekes, but there is important to know is that you um, finish your uh, meal, your shalosh before shkia, before sunset. If my recollection is collect correct, correct um, sunset this uh, Shabbos is at. Uh, Eight, uh, sixteen. all right, and so therefore I would not recommend that you eat until 8.16. You'll stop a few moments earlier than that, but that's it. It's a regular shalosh su'udos. If you usually have shalosh with friends, then you can even have it with friends tomorrow. If you don't usually have it with friends, then it would be inappropriate to call friends, you know, and invite people for just this Shalashuddas. But other than that, you're still wearing your shoes on Shabbos. If you're going to take off your shoes on Shabbos, then, uh, excuse me, I see I made a note for myself that Shaki is age 21. So um, that being the case, you'll stop a few moments earlier um, in terms of your eating on uh, Shabbos afternoon. Okay, now. In terms of your shoes for Motsoe Shabbos, so there are two ways of doing this. One, bring them to shul today before you come to shul uh, tonight for Shabbos, for Mincha and Kabbalah Shabbos. And then, after uh, Baruch you take off your shoes, you say Baruch ben kodesh you take off your shoes and you put on the um, uh, non-leather shoes, which we cannot, you know, do on Shabbos. It would be wrong for a person to wear his, quote, Tisha shoes to shul tomorrow afternoon for um, mincha or for on after Baruch. In other places, the, there'll be a pause before Mayriv for people to drive to the Besach Knesset. At home, you don't make Havdalah tomorrow night. No Havdalah tomorrow night. Havdalah is recited, please God, after the Tanis on Sunday night. However, men and women should know that before they do any Malacha tomorrow night, they should say, Baruch Hamabdil, Bain Kodesh, the Okay, now, um, next, In, regarding. Time when you would not say Tachanun. And it's a very powerful concept that Tisha B'Av is Korah Olai Moed. It's literally treated like a holiday. Now what does that mean? There are holidays to eat matzah, there are holidays to sit in the sukkah, and there are holidays to remember what we are missing. And by literally sitting down on Tish B'Av. And by focusing on what we are missing, this, please, God, keeps us going, yearning, pining for that third Beis which will be coming as the prophets promised us. They didn't just say, it's coming. They promised us. And it's only a question of Time. All right, and that's exceedingly important. We do recite the bracha of borei mioreh ha'esh uh, this Mitzvah and so um, this is usually done after Myrev, before the reading of Eicha. So we recite. The Bracha of uh, Borei mioreh Ha'esh. The Bracha of Bsamim is not said um, this year for Havdalah, period. The Havdalah is said Mutsahi Sunday night, Mutsahi the Tanis, and the introductory part of he Kel Yeshu Asi is not said. We just say at that time the Bracha of Borei pre-Hagafen, and Baruch HaMavdil, you know, the Baruch HaMavdil, being, you know, Kodesh L'chol. That is the Havdalah which is done. It's important to know that if somebody needs to eat this coming Sunday, a Chola, somebody who is sick, and they can make it until a certain time, and at that point on, they have to eat. Before they eat, they should recite Havdalah. Instead of saying the Boreh free Hagafen over wine or grape juice, they should say Shachol over Hamar Medina, whether it's a little bit of beer, coffee, or tea would be okay. The bracha of Shehakal and then um, Hamavdil. So for nursing mommies, um, pregnant women, um, so it's important that before they eat, drink on uh, Tisha B'Av, that should be recited on their behalf. Okay, now before we get to the um, Halachos of Tish Aba'av, while we're talking about um, making uh, Havdalah before one eats, let me say that if someone needs to take medication on Tish Aba'av, they will fast, but they need to take medications, take the medication. And if you can take it without water, that's the best. If you need some water, then be the water, meaning put some salt into it, put some mouthwash into it. You're not taking that much water. You're just taking as much as you need to take the capsule down or the pill. And so therefore, you should, you know, uh, make the water a little bit, you know, uh, not uh, tasteful. Good. Now, let's understand. Five terrible occurrences happened on Tish B'Av. The Mishnah tells us, one, that it was decreed that because of the sin of the Meraglim, of the spies, that we would not enter Eretz Yisrael. The next generation did. And we spent an additional 39 years in the desert. And as a result, that as well unfortunately it was already decreed on that night you cried for naught and i'll give you what to cry about so the second and third terrible occurrences were the first base of meglish was destroyed on tish abav by the babylonians the second base of meglish was destroyed on tish abav by the romans the fourth thing is that the city of Betar was captured, and tens of thousands of Jews were killed as a result. And finally, the wicked Turnus Rufus plowed the site of the Besam Migdash and its surroundings. So, unfortunately, Uru, Uru, they took even, you know, the very foundation, you know, away. However, we know it is coming back. So the five restrictions of Yom Kippur the rabbis put and applied to Tishab as well. And so the first thing is eating and drinking is prohibited. Just understand that whereas on Yom Kippur if somebody has to eat the rabbi is going to tell them to follow the Shulchan Aruch and to eat which means a small amount at a time and wait, this does not apply to Tish B'Av. However, I will say, if you have to drink and only drink, then don't eat. And if you have to eat and not drink, etc. And most important, eat as much as you have to drink as much as you have to, but you're still in. What does that mean? You're not doing the other four restrictions, all right, which is very, very important. And so you're considered part of the fast, all right? And uh, I am going to say that from the letter of the law, whereas when it comes to Yom Kippur, children are obligated to start the fast a year or two before Not so on Tishab B'Av. You might have a hard time getting your 11 or 12-year-old not to fast the whole day, but from the letter of the law, they do not fast. They don't have to fast. Okay, and needless to say, whoever is um, eating should eat, but... They're not having any ice cream, meaning that we're not having anything more than what is necessary for the day. Eating and drinking is one. Washing of one's body is prohibited, period. And we're talking for basically washing for pleasure, and therefore what one does in the morning. One takes a cup, washes what is called negelvasa to one's knuckles, and... Um, takes the, the uh, water off the hands and um, with your hands somewhat moist you wash out your eyes and that is it. And uh, now understandably if a person is taking care of a baby and they get their hands dirty or you're preparing food for those that have to eat fine but we're talking about very simply ourselves There is after one uses the bathroom. Once again, you um, wash with a cup, you know, until uh, your knuckles, and that's it. That's the second. The third um, prohibition of the day is anointing, which is um, applying uh, all kinds of uh, cosmetics, Prohibited on Tisha B'Av. If a per- person needs to uh, anoint, quote, for medical reasons, that is not a problem. While perfume is prohibited, the use of a deodorant to remove a bad odor is permissible. Um, tashmish Hamita, cohabitation, is prohibited on uh, Tishah B'Av. And finally, the fifth uh, prohibition is wearing leather shoes, and this applies uh, throughout the day of Tish B'av. There is, as we know, the prohibition on this Sunday of learning Torah. That, in of itself, should remind us how sweet Torah is, and it should remind us of the privilege of studying Torah. Those um, issues which talk about the destruction, the laws of destruction, learning about Eicha, the Gemara in Gittin, uh, Nunvav to Nunches, uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Kufi Dalid, uh, Amad Aleph and Amad These are, you know, permitted on Tish B'Av. And just understand, The minog is that Sunday morning, when you see somebody, we don't greet somebody. And Saturday night, we sit low when we read Eicha. When you come home, you sit low as well, similar to a mourner during Shiva. No gift giving on one you try to, um, you know, uh, how should I say it, curtail le- levity, etc., uh, people socializing together, certainly until mid-day the day on Sunday, one is sitting low. Now try, try. Be it online, if you can't get to a Beis like HaKnesses, but there are many, many shuls that now, and especially this year on a Sunday, what's your rush? in going to a six thirty minion and finishing by eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock now what? Go to an eight eight thirty minion and afterwards say kinus slowly till chatzos, which is at approximately one Oh, two. Go, as I said online, there are many different Chasheva Rabbanim that will be discussing and explaining the Kinos. The Kinos are very hard to understand, but with listening to them and going to shuls where the rabbis will be explaining it, it makes the morning much more meaningful. Than just the recitation of kinos which are written in a very flowery way and that too often unfortunately uh, we don't know. Certainly, and especially this year being Sunday, one ideally should not work the entire day but at least until Chatzos one should avoid working on Tisha B'Av. Chatzos is at one o two. This coming Sunday morning we Do not put on the talis and tefillin on Sunday morning. And uh, we do put them on for mincha time. Very important. And uh, very simply, the minhag is this coming Saturday night for a person to try to deprive themselves of some comfort when going to sleep. If They usually sleep with two pillows. Make it one. If it's with one, you got the idea. Do your best just to show that it's... It's, it's having its impact, you know, upon you. And finally, just understand that normally when Tisha B'Av is during the week, so many of the restrictions of Tisha B'Av go until the 10th of Av, till midday. This year, because it is a nidcha the law says that already this... Um, um, This Sunday night, one can bathe, one can wash clothing. If you can find a barber or shave if need be, you can do that already on Sunday night. You should not have um, meat and wine until Monday morning. And many do not have music as well until Monday morning. Kiddush Levana according to many, is done, you know, this um, Sunday night afterwards. Now, I just want to uh, conclude with a very interesting Pasuk, found in Parsha's Devarim. In chapter 1, Pasuk 31, what does Hashem say to the Jewish people? Open it up, one 31 of amid shera isa in the desert that you saw as a son god carried you kashayisa ish as as a father carries his child understand that in the name in Echa you don't find the name of Elohim. Elohim is that of judgment. You only find the name of Hashem, Yudke Vavke, which is that of Rachamim. As hard as it is for us to understand, the Talmud tells us, why do we get up at mid the day? Because it was after mid the day that they put the Beis of aflame. And so what's happening then? So the the Mara tells us very powerfully Shafa hamaso al God literally poured his anger on the stones and on the wood of the base of as opposed to uh, the you know the people Has being destroyed. so we always have to see quote unquote a silver lining, and finally. Let's understand something that Tishabav is not only for us. Tishabav, we take a significant krechts for Hashem himself. Namely, that as the Possek says over here, he is our father. A father is pained when his children are pained. And therefore, as it says in. Take a look at the Gemara brachos, Gimbala Aleph, towards the bottom. What does Hashem say? Lo la'av, woe unto the Father whose child has been cast away. So too the way Hashem feels about, unfortunately, our being in our state of without His glory. And we pray that very, very soon His glory will fill the world again. Our observance of Tisha B'Av, our focusing on what we don't have, our focusing on what is going to be in the future, this is the greatest guarantee that Amir Tashem, Bikharov. the Rambam writes number 12. I believe with perfect faith, not maybe yes, maybe no, that there will be that coming of Moshiach. And even though there's no question about it, from our perspective, come on, come on, come out, come out, wherever you are. I wish everybody a good Shabbos, and a meaningful fast to all.